Man, it, it's leaking. Why is he reaching toward his crotch and saying it's leaking? <laughs> I'm the only one that noticed that. I wasn't just gonna say anything. It wouldn't mock. It wouldn't mock. Vic, you man. Vic, put that thing away. Welcome to the Modders Inc. Podcast number twenty-four for October of two thousand and eleven. Modders Inc. is proud to announce that we are now a part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it is tech, it is on techpodcast.com. You can now get to the Modders Inc. podcast through the techpodcast.com website, Roku, or Boxy, or iTunes, and you can also always get it straight from the Modders Inc. website. So, with that out of the way, folks, now you know how to get to us. Today on the call, we've got Vic. Hello, hello. Hey, hey there he is. Uh, we've also got Dwayne hanging out over here. Hey, guys. How you doing? Yep. And Tony hanging out over there doing something. Yeah, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> and you got me, Craig, Tech Daddy, right over here. And we also have a special guest on today. And uh, once again, it is Thermal Takes one and only Shannon Rob. Hey, what's up? Yeah, right there. A special, We're... thanks. <laughs> <laughs> He's special. He takes the short. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll get in trouble for that. Short bus? I'll say it. And it starts. <laughs> Their first pickups at Walmart. Oh wait, I mean it. it, it oh, it, it, oh no. Let's see. Hey. Here, we go. Here we go. We're talking about my truck now, man. And the All train right. falls over. What the banana? How's the banana doing? I'm sorry, Craig. <laughs> Runs like a bat out of you know what. Well, right now I'd like to make a special shout out to Thermal Take and right and uh, just so that everybody knows. Uh, one of the Thermal Take mottos is customers are our greatest asset, and Thermal Take does not take that for granted. That is why Thermal Take is industry leading in customer service and support. With strong support of the research and development team standing behind the brand, Thermal Take is committed to never follow, but to always lead. And Shannon is proof of that. Uh, since this is Modders Inc., let's get uh, let's start this conversation off uh, talking about some modding going on right now. And one of the big things that's actually been um, kind of having a resurgence lately uh, is console modding. Uh, there's been a lot of aftermarket stuff coming out, uh, a lot of third party, a lot of people trying their hand at you know painting and modifying Xboxes, 360s, and they're going a lot further now than just like the the console wraps that initially came out. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think it's great. I mean, it's uh, I think because maybe the, the PC is getting to be less and less of a gaming platform for some people, but they still enjoy having uh, a custom rig in front of them. You know, instead of just playing the games, they like to still um, say, this is mine, and look what I've done. You know, just like we do with the PCs. Mod anything, man. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Cars, computers, doesn't matter. Mod it. Hey, we had a, we had a guy on Modders, Inc., what? Three years ago, Brit, whatever his name was, or whatever, modded his pants. No. <laughs> True. Yeah, he painted flames on them. Yeah, hey, I painted flames on my cast whenever I had my ankle surgery. I thought you said your cat. I was about to say, what? <laughs> <laughs> you hey, thought cats modded. were fast before. I put flames on my cat. <laughs> yeah, but I think a lot of people are, are going over the consoles now, but it's it seems to be, to me, mostly like the Xbox. I don't know if it's because if it's easier or... I think or, the tool set's a lot, more, a lot more refined. I don't think a lot of people... Have, I haven't seen a whole lot of modded PS3s out there. Yeah, I haven't either. 
But uh, it's good to see it like that. I mean, you know, because of course we're modern, so that's what we like to look at and, and mm-hmm. deal with. So, you know, sometimes they don't always turn out to be the best. Especially, I think if uh, like we were talking about, or it's been kind of on the internet a little bit, where a particular company came out with a Battlefield Three modded case. Because I guess this actually snaps along the outsides of them and changes the look of it. But, I mean, if you look in the, on their website, the other stuff that they do looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. And to me, it looks like this particular one, they just kind of threw stuff on there and decided this is going to just sell because it's Battlefield 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a little more creativity. They would have been all right because, I mean, they do have, what, a grenade on the side and, what, a, a clay yeah, it looks like a anti-personnel mine. And then on the other side of it, they have a spot to hang your headphones. Yeah, but that's on all of their cases. Yeah, well, they, you know, not, what, a year or two ago, they had the Halo edition? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that came from the factory. I mean, so. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of like the Gears of War 3 edition. I mean, you look at that one, that one's, well, they went a little bit beyond um, just standard modding. I mean, it's custom to a certain extent. And also, you open the drive bay. And it makes the gears sound as well. I mean, they fully modded the crap out of that thing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that one's pretty crazy. I don't know if you guys have seen it. You need to check it out. But I know what you're talking about because I saw the one you were talking about, and like it has a big claymore sticking off the side. It just looks really like you kind of took it, tried to give it a little rattle can job, and then stuck a tried to stick some uh, pretty stuff on the side. It just doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know. I guess it depends on the person. Depends on you know what kind of thing you like. Beauty's in the yeah. eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Totally. You, know, you totally. got Forge, you know, some people like those, and they're rare, but you, know, you get those. Yeah. And... They're beautiful, man. <laughs> Especially hey, on the, the side. They look great on the, the side of the road. <laughs> Brand warfare at its best right here, folks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, uh, I mean, like if I go over to X-Oxide, uh, X-Oxide has actually a pretty decent... Um, selection of xbox 360 modding kits they have stuff that are they have complete kits that are like window kits with uh variable uh color led lighting controls um i've seen you know fan kits you know i've seen complete acrylic clear uh you know case kits so there's been a lot of the quote pre-mod that allows for the modification of an xbox and, you know, we saw that in the early stages of PC modding. And I think what's happening now with the 360 will probably spin off into the other brands. I mean, the Wii, I think, is prime for modding. That's just oh, they, me, though. They already do. Oh, yeah. they, they actually make, oh, they do? Like, clear, they make clear cases. They ah. make all kinds of stuff to mod the Wiis, including the controls and everything. Okay, it's, I, I mean, hadn't, hadn't looked modding. into it yet. <laughs> Customizing anything, I think you're going to, you know, anything that's out there, you're going to find people who are going to try to modify it, customize it, or make it special, or just, (laughs) more importantly, make it cool looking, because that's the thing. I mean, you know, (laughs) you know, obviously most of the mods aren't really going to be functional, but -hmm. if you can make it look awesome so that people look at it and they just get blown away, that's what I like about, like, the case modding you guys do. I mean, the stuff, it's not all of it, you know, a lot of it's just appearance. I mean, it just makes it look so much better than even like our design could have started as. But the key is, is taking that appearance and actually making it functional. Yes. Yeah. 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 I can understand. I can understand that. But a lot of, a lot of modding is appearance. I mean, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's face it. You paint flames on a computer. That's the last thing you want on your computer. So I don't want yeah. functional flames. <laughs> oh, come on. Surely. That's a lot of functional Surely. flames on that cat. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this train's going to derail more times than I can count tonight. <laughs> Push the cart yeah. back on. Let's go. Oh, well, if I could just goodness. zoom my camera in on this beautiful blue hot rod over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's not on Second Jack place winner. Oh, oh, here we go. Here goes the zings. Here goes the zings. one vote. It was. Uh, 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 uh oh. So yeah. we, oh, are we going to have to try and do that again then? We're going to have to do that again. I mean, you he know, just, because I was clearly the winner. All right, all right, Vic, you're going to have to start now. And in a year, we'll have the contest. Like, we'll, we'll give you Ooh. enough time. Is that just the time for him to open the box or actually get the mod done? <laughs> it takes me that long to pick a booger, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to do like a themed mod. We'll have to, like I said, we we'll have to do this Smurf mod, the Smurf off. Yeah. Yeah. Smurf I think I would have to side with Craig on that. <laughs> Why you I gotta go there? I gotta go there because it would be great to see Craig have to do it. Let's do it. Oh, you're, yeah. you're, if it's you're a staff, demonic, if it's, that's what you are. If it's a staff Smurf off, he has to do it. So he has to make a blue. He'd probably just make it like smash. It'd be. It'd probably be great either way. <laughs> I, w- I would find a way to put that Smurf case underneath the wheel of my truck. No man, a donkey Smurf. It would just it would just have Smurf body parts all over it. <laughs> Smurf massacre. Just disemboweled Smurfs all over the case. I would be the nightmare of children all over the world when that I thing got published. I was just thinking the nightmare on Smurf Street. Could you imagine the calls on that one? <laughs> this site is now registered M for mature. <laughs> no one under 13 allowed. Console modding actually has gone a long way. I mean, you guys have seen some of the people that did, like, the custom cases by Leon Lee. You know, the, mm-hmm. Leon Lee made a custom case specifically for it. Yeah. And people were water-cooling yeah. them. I thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. wish other companies could have jumped on and, you know, made some cool custom cases because mm-hmm. they stopped. I mean, I haven't seen that case available for a little while. And, you know, it, it basically leaves the users, once again, back to modding the original case or making their own and offering mm-hmm. someone a solution because someone like me, I can't build it. I'm not going to make a case because... Well, yeah, it'd be like a cardboard box. It's not going to happen. So this is about it. I'd put the parts in a cardboard box and call it a day and, like, stick a water block on it. Or either that I or throw it on cool a test bench. Boxes. Yeah. Well, yeah, think... so there have been quite a few mods like that. <laughs> I've seen them. I've seen them. I'm not saying they're bad. It's just more of a, you know, appearance piece. Your friend comes over. It's like, dude, why did you do that? It's not the, the case looked better than that. Come on. But, I mean, you know, all in all, I mean, I would love to see, like, just, you know, crazy water-cooled you know multi-tier systems whatever something that would be just really ridiculous for just like an mm-hmm. xbox 360 that yeah. would be awesome you know maybe like uh maybe carving a red ring of death you know on the side of it so just prepare you for the future that kind of thing you know <laughs> <laughs> this coming from a guy who's gonna and, and here you say you say couldn't mod you got the ideas that's where you start. i got the i got the ideas but believe me you don't want to see me put it to work <laughs> this is a, that's a bad everybody's thing. Gotta, everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah, start somewhere. Hey, everybody's going to make a mistake too, man. I mean, when you mod, you make a mistake. You might as well expect that. So just keep on mod. 
right. start out and mod on the cardboard, and then next time start on a case. If you don't make a mistake, you ain't modding. Exactly. Yeah. Go on. The yeah, best thing to start on a ten. <laughs> yeah. Don't start on a Jaguar. <laughs> yeah, I actually went out to eBay yeah. and I started pricing uh, Xbox 360 cases because I was thinking about getting into uh, some trying to flesh out some ideas and see if I could get some some of the plastic shells on the cheap and just start trying to figure out how the material works, where its weak points are, where its strong points are, and what I can cut out without causing any structural fatigue. And I didn't obviously didn't want to do that on the on the one I've got that my son's playing with. I mean, that's, you know, oh, I screw on. that up. That's about a year's worth of therapy right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never forgive you, man. But, you know, I think, <laughs> I think that's what you just said, Craig, is probably a, a lot of the reasons why some people don't mod the consoles. Because, like you said earlier, when we were talking offline, was that now the warranty's up. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it. Now, when you get your PC... And you buy the case. Really, what's the warranty on the case? You know, you're just going to go ahead and do whatever you want to it. But when you buy a $300 console, you're not really wanting to go and rip it apart. And then, oh, it doesn't work. Now what? Yeah. You're out. You're out the whole machine, not just mm-hmm. a particular piece. Since we're talking about modding and hardware and stuff like that, um, a lot of the times that uh, when we originally started modding was to get some additional ventilation or some cooling, get some to get ourselves some performance. And so we're going to segue our modding into a discussion about overclocking now. And Shannon is a very dominant overclocker. He he, he understands how to tweak systems and and really uh, push a system to its limits. Um, so this question is for you and then maybe we can all chime in on it. Um, is, is overclocking something that the average user really needs to do? Um, is it more for fun now than it is a need anymore? What would you say about that? Uh, it kind of depends. I mean, you know, for like gamers, for instance, um, Overclocking isn't necessarily a necessity if you're running like a single card rig, you know, single card Sandy Bridge. But if you're running like, you know, three cards or something, you're going to have some issues. I've definitely seen bottlenecking even on like a 2600K at like 4 gigahertz. I've seen a bottlenecking on three-way 580s. So I would definitely say it's not necessarily required, but it's definitely beneficial to performance if you actually have a game that taxes three 580s, which if you do, congrats, because I have yet to find it. But... Um, you definitely do get um, an increase in performance, whether it's uh, negligible or not. I mean, if you're running 120 hertz, maybe 3D vision, you know, something that's definitely going to put a hurt on that, then, yeah, you may need, you know, the extra bandwidth through the CPU to transmit the data because not all games are really heavily threaded still. I mean, some are heading that direction, but for the most part, it's all about frequency still. A lot of them, you know, single single thread, dual thread, something like that. So when you're saying bottlenecking, you're talking about the CPU being the uh, the bottleneck of the performance you're saying that the cards are actually outperforming the CPU, and the CPU is what needs to be boosted up. Therefore, you're needing to overclock it in order to make it on par or bring bring some parity to the rest of the system. Yeah, when the, the cards are just pushing so much data that the CPU, just, the frequency just increases your pipeline, you can transmit that data through. So therefore, increasing the clock frequency gives you a much bigger pipeline, kind of like, you know, kind of like a water hose, putting your thumb over the end of it. The more, the more you... Um, the more cards you have, the more the more you're putting your thumb over the end of the hose. So therefore, get a bigger hose that your thumb doesn't get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just probably I I don't even know how dumb that just sounded. But you know what? That's about the best <laughs> way I could think of it. I was waiting for Vic to reply. You know, I used to overclock a little bit and stuff, but I I've got to the point where 
I do it less and less and less because I find for me I find less and less beneficial to do it. Everything's getting so much faster that why do I you know? Yeah, the new architecture is way more efficient, man. I mean, you look like you look at like if you had an E eighty four hundred versus you know, or even let's say a quad core quad core. Let's say like a QX ninety six fifty versus a you know the top end extreme edition versus even a twenty six hundred K, which isn't even an enthusiast part. That's like a just more of a mainstream gamer, you know, higher end part, but way less price and it outperforms it hand over fist without a doubt. I mean, the thing just blows it away. Yeah. It's because it's just so much more efficient. The same performance you'd be getting now. It's like, wow, it comes right out of the box that way. But you know, I mean, you crank the things up, they still, I mean, they run really good. I mean, <laughs> you get a lot from it depending on what you do. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, even I got the 26, uh, 2600 K and it, for me, it was really easy to get it, you know, one gigahertz above. Yeah, but I but I didn't I didn't keep it there because I got up there and I'm like oh that's cool that's neat um, okay <laughs> and went back to stock it was just I liked to be I liked to able to do that and how easy it was but I I just didn't want to keep it there uh, I don't know maybe me I I guess it, just like everything else like what we do in modding or stuff like that it's just your taste I guess and your preferences or what you're interested in yeah I was gonna say you you've been that way for quite a while oh yeah. You always, you know, you'll bump it up, see what you can get, but then you turn around and dial it right back. Yep. Hey, well, when I went and took my 920, I went to 3.8. When I got to 3.8, that was as far as I could get it to go, and I just left it. And it's been running at 3.8 for two years. Wow. Hey, Shannon, let me ask you a question real quick. Um, when it comes to overclocking and it comes to uh, thermal readings coming off of a CPU, if you have a good aftermarket heat sink on a, uh, on a processor, what is a safe temperature range for a CPU? What's what's the high end? Th- I mean, because I, I I read different things. I read I read like you know TDPs on uh, on CPUs that talk about you know 70C. I see some that talk about 90C, and it's like you know what is is that is that if you hit that point you're gonna break the part? Is that the point that you want to hit a couple degrees below? Or what's your experience with with temperature ranges? And on the upper end, what is considered safe? Well, you know, it's not necessarily what's considered safe. I mean, they have thermal protections built in. Obviously, if you're overvolting the chip, higher higher temperatures at higher voltages are definitely going to affect reliability and lifespan of the chip. But reality is, I mean, it's all about what you're comfortable with. I know plenty of people who overclock them and run them all day long, you know, full load it'll maybe do 82 celsius would i run mine no i wouldn't run mine that high i'll just either get better cooling or back it down some i usually don't like to see anything above about 75 but then again a lot of the overclocking i do is uh like under ln2 so therefore you're talking negative 150 and i mean you don't really worry about 70 celsius so but on, if you're hitting on, 75 on ln2 you're doing something weird yeah that means that means you forgot to put the ln2 in <laughs> no honestly um like with Sandy Bridge, it's a totally different deal. I mean, you can run like five gigahertz on air and water, and I run mine twenty four seven at five gigahertz on a one of our, on an air cooler on free free OSCK, and it runs fine. I mean, it runs it's loud when you when you have the fans cranked all the way up, but it'll run it no problem, and it runs about seventy eight Celsius under full load, and that's I mean that's above what I like to see, but I know it's safe because, well. Yeah, I've had them. I've had them like throttle back at like 99 Celsius or 95, right around, right around 95 to 99 Celsius, and it just pretty much, it'll just throttle back. Wow. It it won't like it won't allow itself to really get hurt, 
However, if you have high voltages, like you're you know cranking the voltage up, you don't not overclock, you're putting like 1.5 volts to the CPU core, 1.6 volts plus, just sitting there cranking voltage to it, and you're hitting 100 Celsius, obviously you're just going to degrade the cores, and it's going to run like crap. Okay. All right. Uh, along the same lines, what if a person, let's say, let's say a person buys, this is their first machine they've ever built, or maybe it's their second machine they've ever built, and they're still running on stock cooling from the manufacturer. What would be a... Uh, what do you think would be a safe temperature for them to see to try and overclock to? Do you think keeping it around that seventy, that seventy to seventy-five range would be good, or uh, seventy to seventy-five wouldn't necessarily be bad? But I mean, with a stock cooler, the the thing you run into is they're they're good for stock, but I mean, even even at stock speed, you can uh, see upwards of 70 celsius sometimes depending on the load because some people run linpack tests which is actually similar to what's called a power virus it just overstresses components and will will not only wipe out v-regs but it'll just put much more heat than anything you'll ever actually run on the system through it so you on the stock cooler i mean that's overclocking's not regularly advised for sure okay it's just it, it's I mean, I've, I've had, like, for instance, 2600K, once again, does excellent on air. It's stock cooler. I've had it up to about four, maybe a little more, but the temps just get hot too quick, and just it's yeah. not something you're really comfortable with. I mean, <laughs> stock cooling, it's, you know, overclocking and stock cooling just have never really went well together. All right, well, that's good to know. That's good to know. So if you guys are going to be interested in trying to get into overclocking on, uh, on any of the uh, i7 architecture, uh, the, the new... Uh, is, is it Sandy Bridge, the new stuff that's out? The new uh, stuff, 1155 socket is a Sandy Bridge. Yep. Uh-huh. Otherwise, it's an X58, same thing, I7. Uh-huh. Um, but the thing is, I mean, air coolers, replacements are s- relatively cheap, you know, to get a somewhat decent one. Even even a really high-end one, you, you're talking, mm-hmm. unless you go really crazy, you're talking under 100 bucks easy. So it's not something that's a, a huge investment, especially mm-hmm. to save something that you spent over two to three hundred dollars or more for it seems like you know it's a reasonable expense i like good. it because cool good. looking man with them big old coolers in there oh yeah <laughs> there's something there's something infused about looking at something that's just insane hanging off it looks like it should be in a car and it's actually helping to cool your cpu yeah. oh well you're, you're what are you talking about just like the insane air coolers that are out there mm-hmm yeah some of some of them, I mean, ours are ours more have like the decorative styling, but they're, they're pretty um, not necessarily really aggressive compared to some I've seen out there when it comes to when it comes to like the actual heat pipe arrangements, things like that. I've seen some pretty crazy stuff, and I'm hoping to I'm hoping in the near future we'll uh, we'll get something really really ridiculous for you guys to mess with. <laughs> Try I'm trying to dance around uh, saying exacts on this. <laughs> Oh, so something very weird is coming. Uh, you never know. You never know. I mean, I'm helping them now, and being a resident, being the, basically the resident overclocker at Thermaltake, I'm mm-hmm. definitely putting my own ideas to the. I'm working directly with a lot of the engineering team, a lot of the guys over there, seeing what we can come up with to just you know, we we just we, we don't necessarily. I'm not going to say we're going to blow anyone out. We just you know we want to make sure we give them a run. I mean, we want to make sure they work for it. There you go. There you if go. They're going to take the top spot. We want them to work for it. Competition is always good. <laughs> Competition is always good. 
Always. Always good. And speaking of, thank you very much for that, Dwayne. <laughs> and uh, speaking of competition, let's talk about some of the events that are going on at, at, uh, at Modders, Inc. right now in regards to uh, the Level 10 GT case competition and the keyboard mouse contest. Uh, how's that going, guys? Uh, good. Uh, well, we just finished up uh, picking everybody that would go into the, uh, the keyboard and mouse competition. Which um, I thought that turned out pretty well on that. I've seen that there's a lot of different uh, ideas. Mm-hmm. The ones that got picked are definitely different. I think we kind of talked about it a little bit more. We were we were kind of hoping to see a little more maybe modification than kind of decoration. Yeah, it would have been cool to see some functional stuff. That would have been you know it would have been interesting to see what kind of functional designs you could get. You know, stuff that added function to the board. I mean, I like that you know. People put their create their own creative design behind it. That's what's really cool. But uh, like for instance, one of them, the um, honestly off the top of my head, I don't remember. But one of them actually had toggle switches built in. That was kind of the beginning of the ideas I had in my head. Was you know just creating something just crazy that actually adds to what it already does would have been cool. Even if it was just switching on and off lights, things like that, just stuff to add. I mean, you know, same kind of thing you do with the chassis. But I think this is kind of the first step toward getting people used to modifying the peripherals like this and i hope maybe in the future we can you know do it again and kind of see what more extreme people can go to now that they've seen what people have started with yeah i think it all revolves around comfort level and a lot of people haven't actually broken open a keyboard and all they know is that there's you know tons of keys on the top and they're afraid of breaking any of the switching mechanisms or maybe some of the electronic circuitry underneath it and people just aren't comfortable yet working inside a keyboard in order to modify it to that level. Now that day is coming, I really think, especially if if contests like this continue and people see what others have done and, oh, okay, well, if they can do that, then maybe I can do this. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. And it ha- takes a little bit, I won't, I just say me sound bad, but maybe a little more Hi, imagination <laughs> of, uh, of, of actually modifying it, you know? Because uh, we've all seen, you know, you got the G15s, you know, they've got the, the LCD into them, and we've seen other modifications, so maybe they're, they're kind of lax or not even really thinking more outside of the box of what could really be done. And I, I, I know Thermaltake was probably looking more towards that to see what would be the next evolution that a keyboard could go to. So, but um, I... I think it's great. You know, you can, you also get to kind of see what the people uh, designs, what they're what they really kind of look for. I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but uh, I'm really getting tired of everything being black, black or a gray, <laughs> dark gray. Every, everything is all like, oh, cases, the keyboards, the mice. So when things started popping up like being white and stuff, I thought that's awesome. Change, <laughs> it's starting to change. White's it. the new black. <laughs> well, yeah. Because black was the new white. Yeah. So, and I understand what you're saying because every it seems like every chassis out there is like black, and it's like you know white's kind of been the recent thing. And I'd like to see more different colors, but then again, I mean, you know, when you deal with that, you've got a then you're catering to a totally different. You know, what if someone doesn't like red? Then you've got green. Then you've got blue, and then you've got all these different offerings. You know, like for instance, one model, one guy may want it green, one guy may want it blue, one guy may want it yellow, one who knows what color, silver. Whatever, yeah, I mean. It's definitely hard for a company to cater to multiple colors. <laughs> well, it just, Tony especially likes pink. No, yeah. Tony's black and red. <laughs> Stas Dwayne. But yeah, probably because, uh, probably more economical for a manufacturer now to select one color. I mean, I know in the past they used to have 
as we're talking, like um, another company like like um, Cooler Master, when they did the Wave Masters, there was yellow and blue and and the aluminum, and they had the different colors. That was really cool then, but probably doing that now would cost a lot more because you've got to have the chassis, and you're only going to have those colors. And what about if those colors don't sell? Now what do you do? Yeah, it's not like you right. can just repaint them. It's repaint like them? Yeah, take <laughs> right. it back. Yeah, you can't. Right. Repainting them without a... Repainting them without like killing everything would probably be pretty tough. Yeah, but but then Especially again, you considering know, most of them don't paint them; they powder coat them. Yeah, that, that's another thing. Powder coating is not exactly easy to remove. It's a it's a pretty hard surface. Designed to be durable. Designed not to be broken. Then you guys somehow sand it all off or chip it all off and then paint it anyway. It's like, <laughs> well, glad we glad yeah. we powder coated that since you decided to paint it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you, know, you, you could read a page and a half of us cussing while we're trying to sand that stuff off. I hate that you use this, but then, but then, you know what the worst part is? If we'd give you a case that wasn't powder coated, then you'd tell us why didn't you powder coat it? Oh yeah, yeah. When you review well, the good it, you'd thing be like, about why is it powder coated? <laughs> the good thing about powder coating this is you don't actually have to take it off. You just need to rough it up. You just scuff yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great adhesion surface. Yeah. It's already got that bond. Yeah, and black black cases give us, I guess, a, a good mat to start with. So mm-hmm. if you don't like the oh. black, then you paint it, right? That's what us modders right. do. We got right. white now, and we've offered colored cases before. <laughs> <laughs> we offer some some options. <laughs> That's what it is. Now that we know how the keyboard and mouse contest is going, what do you guys think about what's going on with the level ten GT case? What how are the uh, how are the builds coming along on that? That's like basically almost complete now. I mean, that's next yeah. week. We'll basically be have, picking a winner for that. Yeah. Have you been yeah. following the builds? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty ridiculous. It's. it's I know green. we can't. I know we can't really go into detail of who we like most and who we don't like most. You know, because obviously judging is going to happen. But what are some of the modifications that have stood out to you guys? Um, that maybe you weren't expecting, or maybe you thought were just really silly creative. Wow. I'm waiting to see who's going to say it first. <laughs> yeah, that's that's because really the, tough because they're all they're all quite different, and uh, I wouldn't say personally, I wouldn't say one stands out more than the other to me. Um, maybe there might be your own personal taste that might stand out, but I think the creativity. And and some of the skill sets and stuff in there are are, are yeah. pretty, pretty top notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they've mm-hmm. all definitely showed the the skill level. Yeah, pretty well. Not to mention and, uh, who's who's judging, by the way. You guys are gonna leave it on me? Well, right. are you, you're not pointing Shannon, at me, are you? Shannon, yep. <laughs> I'm just I'm just wanting to know if I'm going to be one of them that has to make a hard decision because I really don't want to be in that position. <laughs> you know what? I think, sure. uh, I think we're going to kind of let the community kind of decide that. That's going to be the community's deal because I want them to, you know, they picked them to be built. They they picked them to be built. I want them to, you know, see which one they were happiest with. I mean, I've been blown away by just the not just the whole idea because I saw the concept. I had a general idea of where they were going, but not only that, but how they've changed since it's come around. I mean, a lot of them have come from what they originally, which was originally like a really cool, awesome idea. And it's like, you know, now it's just, wow, it's bitching. I mean, some of the stuff is just insane that I've seen it do this. I mean, for instance, the, I, I don't mean to call one out directly, but the, the Mayan mod, I mean, that thing, yeah, Oh yeah. I saw the, 
concept, the drawing of it. And I'm just like thinking, eh, how's he going to pull this off? You know, I figured I never could have, in my wildest imagination, imagined it coming out like that. Same with Brian's. Brian's, I mean, the way I was just looking at it today, the the way the ammo box at the top opens up for the cooling fans, all the little stuff, all the little things that were thought of, not just the whole structure, but the little tiny details that you mm-hmm. look at that just are like, it just blows you away. Because, I mean, he mm-hmm. left some of the wear, or at least I hope he does, he left some of the wear on like the lid of the ammo box. And it just looks like it's been used. It looks like it's been sitting out in battle for a while. Mm-hmm. Attention is in details. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, you know, each guy has their own attention to detail and their own styles and stuff, which that's the best thing about modding. Because everything is different. But it is cool. It is really cool to see. And, and as we talked before, it, it is kind of a hard case to manipulate. Into well, it's something. not a blank slate. There's already been some pre-modification done to it. It's a stylized case. Yeah. And that's what brings a lot of the challenge to the modifications is how to how to work your style into as somebody else's style. Yeah. But maintain the structure of the original style. That's, well, I mean, it's it's kind of a blending of a situation, and it, it makes it a lot more challenging. Yeah, and that's kind of what, uh, what is it, Bob DeBone? Mm-hmm. He's kind of done that. He's kind of left the styling of of the case, but yet modified it to a more sleeker kind of look, I think. He kind of, he kind of took some of the, the the more wild stuff where the boxes are on the side and all, and all that stuff and kind of toned it down, but yet kept a lot of the original features of the case. So it's still the same case, but yet it looks like a totally different case that could be quite sellable. Yeah, I mean, hell, his just his talent in the in the uh, I think he's the one that did the mirror black finish. Yeah, yes. just the straight, just the the skill in doing that puts you in a class, you know, of your own basically. I yeah, mean, each one of them is showing awesome skills in their area. Yeah, yeah, so. It's quite awesome to see. I'm, I'm I'm very proud to see what the guys are doing. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been pretty nuts, and I've been following I've been following all of them. I mean, Bob's at first it was like you know a little bit of paint. And I'm sitting watching. I'm going. I was kind of wondering where he was going to go with it. It was one of those things where I'm looking at it, it's going. You know, it, it started off. You know, he had to sand. I mean, he sanded and sanded. It seemed like his first three like build log updates were just. I'm sanding still, and I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> I, know, I know it's difficult to do, but wow. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm watching, and the next thing you know, he laid down the first coat of paint, and I'm going, wow, you know, this is really going to turn out like slick. And then he started adding in some of the features in the top, you know, the little plate that basically just the little ridged plate. I'm looking at that. I mean, all of it just started to come together. Same with, I mean, same with Brian. You know, it started off, he was doing the, you know, the, the PVC tubing for the Gatling gun with the wood with the wood blocks and it started off really raw and now look where it's at. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's got, it's gone to just, it's gone from, I think their original concept and kind of moved on to as they've, it seems like they just like the way he changed the, um, the hot swap drive base to the magazines right before he almost cut his finger off. Yeah. Seems like, <laughs> seems like they, they all just kind of, seems like they all just kind of evolved even after the original like design they put out they all kind of evolved them to where they saw it going better as it went on. And it's cool to see. And I mean, I think the same thing's going to happen on the keyboard. It's just going to, it's going to evolve into something that's a little more functional, a little, you know, maybe not even functional, but a little different look as they see that, you know, this cool look ain't quite working. So we're going to move it to this and they're going to transition to whatever works for that specific type of, you know, 
for the modification they're doing. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, that, that happens to everybody. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of modding. Any, I mean, all of us have been in that situation where you you've got something planned and you get to that point and you're like, this just ain't gonna work. I, I this is what I'm doing, and you you change it on the fly. You've got to be up for like you've got to be up for some sort of variable. You've got to be up to change it. You can't you can't have one set idea in your mind or you'll never do a good mod at all. Right. You have to be able to adapt and overcome. Yep. Gotta love that. My wife carries in groceries and shows me stuff I want to eat. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there looking off the camera and everyone's like, "What is he looking at?" That she brought the dog's Halloween outfit, which is really awesome. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, she dresses up the dog. <laughs> Now you don't start exactly. A Smurf? No, it's not a oh. Smurf. I don't want Craig to try to kill him. Don't worry. No, no, no. Please. No, I'll have you to dress the dog up as a cat. I say, yeah. Okay. Dress the dog up as a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dog thinks it's a cat anyway. So. Don't they all? So what's going to well, happen? What's going to happen with the? I not. I know you want the keyboard and mice back. Yeah, for sure. Well, th- th- I want those just because I know one of them that for sure is already claimed because I want it. <laughs> <laughs> I look at that, I'm like, dude, I want that finished product. That thing's awesome. Oh, but, I uh, see. So that's whole... the cool part about it. This is my toys, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, so this whole contest was just a farce. It was just like, I want to see if I can get some cool toys that I don't have to do. <laughs> and the truth comes out. Oh, <laughs> and no. A mohawk? Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. The dog has a mohawk. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> they are. No, honestly, he is in I California, mean, you know. Exactly. <laughs> we we do things our own way here. <laughs> yeah, that ain't no shit. <laughs> honestly, man, I mean, like the cases. I want to make sure these guys, you know, just like, um, I want to make sure they can take them with them, show them off, all that stuff. The only thing we're going to do, like I explained to them already, I told them, you know, hey, if we want to, you know, we have a show we want to take it to, you know, we'll get, we'll let you know beforehand so we can get it from you. You know, take it to a show, show some people some cool stuff people have done. Otherwise, we want them to hang on to them. We want them to be able to, you know, if they want to go to a LAN event, they want to take it out and show it, whatever they want to do. We want that to be available. I mean, they put the hard work into it. We want them to be able to show people, you know, whether it's their friend coming over and saying, you know, hey, check out what I built. We want that to be available. We don't want to take it from them and sit it like in a sit it in our you know in our area where we're just you know in our office where some guy's going to walk through and look at it for five ten seconds and say it's cool. Right. Mm-hmm. We want them to be able to get the enjoyment out of it because you know they built it. Yep, that's awesome. That's great. Well, then there's always the the bragging rights that that come in nice to say, hey, I've got a modded case sitting in so and so's company right there in front of the reception desk. Mm-hmm. Oh, believe me. If we like it enough, we may just say, hey, you know what? We need you to build a second one of those. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's <laughs> going to be coming over here. You never know. I tried, I tried getting Ramson to let me build him one of my last mod, and he wouldn't go for it. Man. What's y'all's favorite special software that you like to use? Don't everybody jump up at once. Yeah. Well, I, I like oh, that. No, question. What's a special software you like to use? Well, let's see. I'm on Skype right now, so I like to use that one. That one's pretty popular. <laughs> yeah. I tend to use that one daily. I think I, mean, like, I use Microsoft Paint occasionally, too. <laughs> <laughs> I use the calculator when I can find it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I, if, I look on my, if I look on my desktop right now, my three most used apps that I use. SpongeBob 
uh, <laughs> <laughs> or lives in a pineapple under the sea. Sorry. No, he just has a folder full of episodes of Smurfs. Are you kidding me? Oh, don't don't even go there. Um, <laughs> it's it's either Nero or CPUZ. I mean, like those are two two applications that I use a lot of. You know, I actually um, thought that Steam was going to fail just horribly. Yeah, I really did when it first came out. I thought this is going to be just that. a POS. Mm-hmm. And yeah, look at it. It's become. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I wish Gabe I Newell's little dream right there. Yeah, I wish I had that kind of you know forethought or vision. But yeah, I thought definitely that was going to flop. And the same thing, I, I saw get, uh, Guitar Hero. Me and my son did at CES when mm-hmm. it even came out. We both looked at each other and went, "Are you crazy? This is <laughs> never going to go. This is stupid. Who would want to do this?" And yet you guys Ooh. both do it all the time. Yet I bought it and everything else, yeah. And I got like four or five copies of the different ones. But it was really, we. I mean, we had a chance to play it before it even came out. And we're like, no, <laughs> this is not going to happen. We've talked about CPUID. We've talked about Steam. talked about Nero. What are some other apps that you guys like? I mean, preferably, you know, things that are readily accessible to everybody. I mean, Steam is free. Now, some of the games on there are not free, but Steam is free. And it's become a great distribution mechanism. You know, CPU ID is a free application. Um, Nero is not necessarily a free application, so I can't really put that one in there. But I don't use Nero as much as I used to. I, I usually use a lot of the free ones now. Yep. You know, for writing CDs. Um, so Windows, that has one built in. Yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't written a CD in probably two years. <laughs> I started putting it all on thumb drives now. Yeah. True, I think everybody is, has done that. I mean, it, it has been a while, actually, since I've written one. But, uh, I was going to ask Craig, what the hell are you doing that you, you use Nero so much? <laughs> ISOs. Oh, okay. it's, 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 an easy ISO man, it's an easy ISO management piece of software. I put a, I put a uh, disk in there. I have a yeah, question I, for you, then. The, uh, the guy at work asked me about this one, that um, he had a PC, and now he's got a Mac. How can he take his files from his PC onto his Mac? Not an easy way to do it unless he unless he uses. Um, but he has Windows on the Mac. He has Windows on the Mac, so he can just transfer it from okay. his PC to the Windows in Mac, right? Yes, that's yep. what I told him. Okay, I thought it would be because it's basically running like a virtual Windows. Is that kind of right, or yeah, or, or just gonna okay. Yeah, uh, Macintosh has a uh, a product called Boot Camp, which will allow you to cycle back and forth between um, Apple, between Apple Macintosh OS and software. a usable OS. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, VMware, uh, if you get Fusion on the laptop, it'll allow you to run um, it'll allow you to run the Macintosh operating system and the Microsoft operating system. At the same time, oh wow! And it's like it's. Uh, th- I think there's another product called Parallels that lets you do the same thing. Wow! How come it looks like Vic fell asleep on us? No, I was just thinking, listening to Craig talk about you know burning the ISOs and stuff like that. I like I like Magic Disk. I don't know if it's a virtual thing. Is Magic Disk where it allows you to do like a virtual CD device? Yep. Those as many are cool. as you want. <laughs> yeah, those are and those are cool. Then you, you can actually burn, you know, take those files and burn them right to a CD. Yeah, and those those virtual CD drivers, I wish, 
I mean, I, I, I understand why it is that some software manufacturers don't like them because it tends to lead to piracy because then, you know, people bypass the physical media and, you know, but, but from a person who attends, you know, land events and stuff like that, if I don't have to cart my physical media with me everywhere and I can yeah. just drop an ISO into a virtual CD and go, I should have that right. Yeah. And I don't like the fact that sometimes software manufacturers take that right away from us with copy protection and things. You know, it's like it's it's, it's like it's the wrong solution to the problem. Well, yeah, I totally agree. But I I thought I read somewhere there was somebody was talking about it where the you know the end user agreement actually says most of them that you don't own that product. You are renting it or basically have the privilege of using that product, even though you have the physical disc and you think you've bought that. It's probably something just. It's probably something buried within the EULA. Yeah, so that would be the little workaround. We'll see. That's that's piracy because you're doing it, but it's mine. Yeah. Well, not technically. So you did. Did you read the four hundred and fifty thousand word you know EULA? Right. And there's four words in there and says this isn't yours. You know. There was a game that came out probably about six or eight months ago where uh, uh, they they told everybody before you install the game, be sure to read the EULA. Not very many people did, and like, I think it was only like four or five people out of like several thousand that installed this game actually read the EULA. And part of the EULA was, "You're going to give me your firstborn child. Um, yeah. I want five <laughs> pints of blood." And you know, it, and you know, at the end of it is like, "Do you agree to this?" And these four yes. or five people said, "No, I don't agree to it." And that sent a flag back to the software manufacturer that these people actually did read it. And, you know, the game still installed, but because they actually did read the EULA and responded the way that that was appropriate to not agreeing with it, they got these insane prize packages. It was it was so funny. Wow. I heard something about that. I can't remember what it was. I can't remember who the manufacturer was, though, but it was a, it was a great story. I loved it. Now I'm going to use Google. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to read my Thermaltake user's manual now. By the way, just FYI, I just searched like uh, EULA prize, mm-hmm. and there was like, dude, there's so many of them that had like prizes hidden in them. Oh, really? It makes me feel stupid for never reading them, because like one of them was on a PC Pit Stop had a program, and basically the first person to read the end user license agreement and claim a thousand dollar prize. Wow. It's like the first one that came up, and I'm like, wow, that's just. That makes me wonder how many times have I installed Windows and not read that, and like I could be like a millionaire right now. <laughs> Microsoft is still waiting for someone to claim that ever since Windows 3.1. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they're like anyone read the end user license agreement, even their own programmers aren't reading it. I appreciate y'all's discussion on that, and since we've been talking about uh, hardware and software, I'd like to give a shout out to our friends over at CPU Magazine, and uh, one of the things that we really feel strongly about. Um, are you the kind of person who likes honest reviews, useful tips, in-depth looks at upcoming technology? Well, then you need to check out CPUMag.com. It is for free. It's a monthly electronic magazine. You can go out to CPUMag.com and look at a free copy digitally. No risk, no email, just go look at it. And uh, I think you'll really, really, really like what you see. Uh, it's a good magazine. It's a very good resource. And they've always supported the enthusiast community. So go out there and check out CPUMag.com. Yep. And if you want a physical copy, if you have a Fry's uh, Electronics near your near your home and stuff, you can actually go over to the uh, 
hardware department area where you're going to get your motherboards and stuff and ask for a mm-hmm. copy, and they will give okay. it to you. And also um, some of the gaming centers, and it just depends where you're at. So you might want to stop and just say, hey, I want my free copy of CPU Magazine. Cool. I, I mean, that's, that's not that's bad. I mean, when you get CPU Magazine for, for free, and the maximum PC is like, what, nine, ten bucks now? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not bad for free. Yeah, yeah, stupid expensive. Let's talk about games. And uh, things have really heated up coming into the holiday season, coming into uh, October, November, December. Uh, one of the big releases that came out just a couple weeks ago was Rage, the new offer from id slash Bethesda. I've been hearing some grumbling and some muttering about this game. What have you guys heard? Probably the same that you have been hearing. As, as press, we had a chance to play that um, up in the press room areas before it came out, and mm-hmm. I actually went up there and played on it. Um, when I first played on it, I thought, well, this is probably just a, a demo version or whatnot, because you could definitely tell that it was um, it was ported from a gaming console mm-hmm. and trying to play mm-hmm. it onto a PC, because you couldn't even get to some of the controls. So I'm like, well, I, okay, I can understand that. But the, uh, the gameplay was okay. I wasn't really impressed by it. I thought the graphics were pretty good. The gameplay was 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 decent, but there was nothing there that kind of uh, grabbed me and grabbed my attention to say, okay, play it for the next half hour. After 10, 15 minutes, personally, on the demo one, I was done, which is kind of yep. sad. I'm not meaning to sound like a hater or anything, but I looked at Rage when I was there at QuakeCon, and I literally just thought, oh, great, another post-apocalyptic war setting what's the big draw about this i mean it's i didn't see any real originality to the game it just seemed like a rehash to another uh another environment maybe like fallout 3 with more gore or something like that yeah or what's the other one borderlands or something yeah borderlands or some people you know kind of compare it to that Okay, but you you guys, um, I mean, like you say, you know, like, oh, another post-apocalyptic. But, I mean, look at it from every angle, which is, it's like, another war game. I mean, you got Battlefield 3, Modern Warfare 3. You, another another war game. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, how often can you, you know, revisit Afghanistan or, you know, a little bit into the future? Or, I mean, this has all been done probably a hundred times over. But the fact is, you know, it's still entertaining for the people who, who like that genre. I mean, Diablo 3, you know, it's going to... Craig, you said, you know, you're looking forward to it, so am I. But, it, you know, it's probably going to be the same premise as Diablo yeah. and Diablo 2. Well, it's <laughs> going to be, the, yeah, it's going to be the same premise. It's going to be similar game mechanics. There's going to be some tweaks and probably some, some branching to it in regards to, you know, uh, uh, role-playing mechanics and, and, and character advancement and stuff like that. Okay, let's, let's look at it from Diablo to Diablo 3. Diablo was basically a three-quarter top-down sprite-based game. It wasn't truly 3D. It was it was it was 2D that was meant to look 3D. Um, and then when you got to Diablo 2, they started working more with a 3D engine. And now that what we've seen in Diablo 3, we've got more character advancement, and we've also got a deeper engine, destructible environments. You know, they they've added things to it. You know, you start looking at uh at at what did with rage um 
and just this is just from what I've seen. I mean, I'm 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 not gonna paint myself as a as an aficionado of the game. I mean, okay, now when you're talking about Battlefield Three, yes, it's a rehash of going into some sort of a modern warfare type of uh, 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 modern warfare type of environment. But there are things you can do that can make the game fun and unique, and uh, in regards to gameplay and in regards to uh, um, interaction and multiplayer and stuff like that, and it just sounds to me like, from what I've been reading on Rage, that that just wasn't done. It's it's it's, it's almost like how can you miss some of these problems that you launched with? See how well I can do here because I'm not a very good read and speak person. But this is one person from Ars Technica that rated the game, and he looked at it. He says to give you a sense of how ridiculous the game can be. Here's a, here's an example of an omission. My goal is to go to the next town to drop off some supplies. First, I have to speak to the mayor, who tells me I need to change out my uh, conspicuous clothes before he'll talk to me. So I have to find a tailor. No sweat, right? Back to the mayor. Once I get my clothes. Now the mayor says I have to go rent a garage space and talk to the sheriff. So I do these, these things. But the sheriff tells me I, uh, I can't yeah. until I have supplies that I need to deliver unless my buggy has, has guns. So he goes and gets the guns. Now I need to talk to the guy at the racetrack. After, take, after talking to the guy at the racetrack, I'm told I need to speak to another guy to set up the races for the slip into the guns. When I find that guy, he tells me to speak to this guy and so forth and so forth and so on and so on and so on. He said it's after. Yeah, he says it's absolutely uh, uh, absurd and pointless. Why can't the first guy just set up the race? What the designer sat down and said that the player should have tracked down and speak to four people to get to the actual action. Hmm. So it's it's supposed That's... to be one of those, I guess, you know, what do they call it? Because I don't play those kind of games, I guess, where you have to seek and get things, right? Mm-hmm. But and it sounds like this guy's probably played a lot of those games, and this just sounds like it was just, just a reason to extend the game. Right, pointless interaction to yeah. make to try and get people more immersed. Hopefully, wasn't fluffy, was it? No. <laughs> uh, let me see. No. <laughs> now that we've railed on rage for a bit, uh, the other big one that's come out, and I'm going to say this from my my standpoint: Battlefield Three. Um, is it another crisis? Uh, uh, is it you know? Is it heavy on the graphics? Is it is it more hype than it is fun to play? Um, from my standpoint, it's a great game. It's an amazing release. It's an amazing initial release uh, using some new technology that uh, that Dice put together, the Frostbite 2 engine. Uh, amazing level of detail. Um, Gunplay is a whole lot of fun. Uh, I'm I'm just a little ways through the single player right now. Uh, very immersive gaming. Um, AI on some of the on some of the scripted characters. In the uh, in the single player is, you know, it's like some of the storytelling is a little bit too linear. But uh, I think Shannon and I were talking about this before it all started. Uh, the multiplayer, though, wow, just, just awesome. a lot of fun. Well, yeah, multiplayer just a, is just pure win. Just the, a lot of fun. The single player, it almost seems like you're almost like you're playing part in a movie. I mean, a lot of it is very, very, very scripted. There's not a lot of freedom. But mm-hmm. the multiplayer, like I said earlier, it's more of a the way I look at it is I almost wish they would just say, you know what, we can't do single player and make it fun. Here's a really awesome multiplayer game. And, you know, knock the price down a little so that people, you know, I guess it would kind of lose some of its effects and some people don't play multiplayer. But right. that game, I'll tell you right now, I got it. It's primarily, it's going to be my new multiplayer game. 
That it's, thing is just an awesome ridiculous. game. Yeah. It, the, all multiplayer is awesome. Multiplayer is just ridiculous on that game. Yeah, I, I, I'm not getting involved in multiplayer. I mean, I did. A, that's all I did for the alpha and the beta test was multiplayer play test. And so I'm pretty well versed in, in what I'm going to expect when I get into the retail version of multiplayer. I'm looking forward to getting into some of the vehicles, anti-aircraft, mobile anti-aircraft, uh, uh, airplanes, jets, helicopters, personal be- transports. You know, it's just <laughs> the gamut. It's going to be so cool. Be careful in the jets, man. Not to be a spoiler, but man, they are too fast. <laughs> they are too fast. You're like, you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot at the ground. No, never mind. You're gonna run into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that tree's coming They're- up awfully fast. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, what's that? <laughs> Never mind. Hey, I guess you could use it to wipe out a like. If you see their spawn point, maybe you can just mm-hmm. run it into it like kamikaze style. <laughs> but that's about your only chance. I mean, of shooting ground targets, unless you're just shooting at like the actual capture points mm-hmm. and just hoping to hit someone. Mm-hmm. Until you get like the because you start off with just cannons, so there's mm-hmm. like no upgrade on the vehicle, so you get no missiles, you get no AA, you get no mm-hmm. air missiles, no air to ground. You get no flares, so you're really susceptible to just being blown the crap out of yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, a lot of people like the planes, so you got to like stand in line, kind of like Bad Company too. If you play that, uh, you got yeah, like I've a heard... line. You're sitting there, and then I've got to be the jerk that runs by everyone and hurry up and hops in when it respawns. <laughs> <laughs> We're running out of tickets. Of what about you guys? Have you, are you guys interested in Battlefield Three? I mean, Shannon and I are talking, you know, but have you guys played it at all? You know what? I've I've tried to get into the Battlefield series. And I've bought in all the games, mm-hmm. and something about it, I, I, I don't know. I, I, something I just don't like about it. I don't know what it is, either the control or, or something. But I, I, I feel every time I get in there, I get, I feel completely out of place. I can't get used to it for some reason. I, I don't know what it is. But. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a bit more of a complicated first-person shooter, especially because of the fact that the damage model on it isn't like a Quake or a Doom where you get hit. And then you can run around and get your health amped up to super 200% or something like that. I mean, you start getting hit, you better drop down or, or you're going to die. Or there, there's a lot of single hit kills that happen in the game. It gets very frustrating. Yeah, but now for Modern Warfare, I'm all for that. I, I don't know, something I'd like more about that one. That's probably because I am more of like a, uh, uh, a Quake kind of guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I, I like to run in and shoot. I like Modern Warfare better too. So yeah, I I, I don't know. So no, no one uh, on BF BF three. So I'm in the it's, same boat like as twenty one Shannon, what kind of graphics card are you running in your system? Uh, five eighties. Two. Uh, three. <laughs> oh, good. You can spare one then. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Um. So. <laughs> well, why often any... do I get like the palm of his hand for that? We can't do any kind of performance analysis off of that. You're running a wide open siphon. You know? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's why I said. Why do you think? Why, why do you think I said I run it at five gigahertz all the time? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, your your CPU is now the bottleneck. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. So you know, I'm running on a single card. It's an AMD 6870. I think is what I've got. Hold on, real quick. Let me check that real quick. Maybe it's a 6970. <laughs> I always forget. Change stuff around in this machine so much. Yeah, that's kind of my problem. <laughs> yeah, you got me thinking because I can't remember which one I got in mine. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still at the 
465, I think, even though I've got ones that are up higher. But I'm, I've been still I'm sitting. still on the 460. Well, yeah, I'm running a 6870, a single 6870, and I'm able to run that game uh, at my native resolution, uh, which is a 24-inch monitor running at 1920 by 1200. Yep. And that thing is running uh, 16x anisotropic filtering, 4x anti-aliasing, native, and all the effects are turned on high. And wow. that game is smooth as silk. It's a great, great. It, it's obviously a very efficient engine. Wow. So I'm. No, it, it definitely runs well for sure. I mean, yeah. it runs really well. And I mean, the thing is, even cranking up all that candy, it does look pretty, but. The, the gameplay, there's there's no real added value there unless you just really like like the pretty little, you know, the pretty little textures for coming from cracks or what have you. Otherwise, the gameplay value, I mean, even for someone who has like, a, you know, GTX, you know, uh, let's say GTX 260 or even a 9800 GT, and maybe I've turned some of the turned some of the graphic settings down, the gameplay is still awesome. Even if you have to crank down some of the textures, things like that, it still mm-hmm. runs. I mean, it's it's just amazing. It's an amazing game. The gameplay especially... itself is awesome without all the pretty graphics. Okay, well, we know that Rage is rage-inducing, it sounds like, and Battlefield 3 might be another another great game to look at. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is coming out. I haven't seen or heard any play information on it, so uh, I know that Battlefield 3 is aimed squarely at taking that business away. they bold enough to put it on their previews <laughs> above and beyond the call. <laughs> Yeah. Oh snap! That's <laughs> kind of going out there and saying, "Hey, you know what?" We're... But then again, they better really be able to back it up because they're saying mm-hmm. that. And what if something just epic comes out for Modern Warfare Three? That's mm-hmm. the thing. I mean, I've been on the Modern Warfare franchise. I've been on well, Call of Duty franchise for pretty much every one of them, including mm-hmm. uh, most prevalently Modern Warfare Original called COD Four, uh, mm-hmm. Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two, Black Ops, mm-hmm. uh, World at War. Not so much, but still. Not a bad game for being a Treyarch game, but um, <laughs> I had fun with the, I had fun with World of War and taking a machine gun and mowing appendages off of enemies as they were running towards me. <laughs> yes, that that was definitely one of the more entertaining parts. I was rolling. I was like, oh my god, they let me take that guy's leg off. Oh, my, he, that guy doesn't have any arms left. Oh my god. <laughs> the the oh. one thing that always annoyed me is I'd go to hiding cover and people were always smart enough to throw the bouncing Betty mines in there. So I'd walk up just in time to see it jump in the air and I go, well, I'm screwed. <laughs> just start waiting for respawn at that point. <laughs> that, that was about my luck with that game, so I, that kind of frustrated me. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It seems like Modern Warfare, the the whole Call of Duty franchise has kind of grown on. I mean, I don't want to say it's grown on me. It's just kind of one of those ones where I've seen so much from it. It's almost like I'm a little worried that this one's going to be a disappointment. So mm-hmm. we'll wait and see, I guess. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, paying for a game three times over with all the map packs kind of. Gets a little old too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that does kind of suck. Plus, I didn't get into yeah, that. My, I quit buying the game at that point. My my wife my wife plays too, so I have to buy that times two. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. wow. Yeah. So so is she a first person gamer yeah. or? Oh wow. Yeah, she does. She does. Uh, she hasn't really done Battlefield. She's done primarily uh, Modern Warfare Two, Black Ops. Sweet. And all kinds of Facebook games that I always get invites to that I never play. <laughs> <laughs> You know you can block all those, right? Does Facebook drive you crazy? What's what's what are some of the things that just absolutely drive you guys crazy? <clears throat> Facebook, the games, <laughs> I mean, emails they... from Facebook. Yeah, 
Why can't they just leave it alone? You know, I mean, they keep changing it and changing it and changing it. Oh, there's nothing wrong with uh, what we do and how we, uh, you know, notify you. Oh, we're sorry we're notifying you all the time and sending you 3,000 emails a day. Here, you can do this. And then they change this. And all the time, they say they're not going to do something. Then they do it. And then they don't do it. Then they say they are going to. And then it's just... Dude, one day, they sent me three (laughs) emails to let me know they were sending less emails. Yeah. One of the things that absolutely drives me batty is uh, the proliferation of... uh of new social networking attempts, you know, like Google <laughs> plus or, you know, uh, Yahoo groups or Facebook oh, or MySpace. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've got a Google plus account. I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Google fanboy. I mean, I got a Gmail account or, you know, I'm, I'm subscribed to, to, to the Google docs. You know, I've got, uh, I've got Google plus and, uh, there's one other, Google app that I'm a member. Huh? You didn't friend me. I thought I friended you. Oh, here I found just like Facebook. You didn't poke me back. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Oh, do you know what? The only thing I use that poke for is this one guy that's a friend of mine that's like, I hate when people poke me. He actually posted that on Facebook expecting like 150 friends (laughs) not to be in. He's like posting, he's like sending me text messages like, stop poking me. (laughs) I just sent it by the one. I'm like, sweet. So yeah, how social do you really need to be, huh? Well, I mean, from With all a, these groups and like you were saying, I mean, it's I ain't got time to be that social. What I think it's going to come down to is it's going to be like what happened with all the instant messengers. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to uh, uh, kind of like what happened with instant messaging, you know, with Yahoo and ICQ and MSN Instant Messenger and you know, all those different brands of, uh, of of instant messaging, and then you started getting the aggregation tools. Like uh, um, trillion, yeah, yeah, trillion. Trillion is the one I was trying to think of. And uh, you know, if, if social networking takes off or takes that same type of path, where you start having multiple large players, I see social aggregation coming next, and that just scares the pee out of me. They already do that. There's already programs that monitor like all of them in one. Oh man, yeah, it's, it's just Your it's iPhone, gone to a scary oh. place. The only thing I use Facebook for is to post pictures of like food and stuff because I think everyone wants to see that. I'm like, hey, look what I look what I'm eating today. <laughs> I've uh, I've actually had a really good time connecting with a bunch of people that you know were from my high school that I lost touch with, and you know we've uh, we've been able to maintain you know good friendships and. I play the games casually. I do. I mean, like I've got you know six different games of word tiles or word whatever the thing is, you know. And I play Bejeweled Blitz from time to time, you know. It's, you know, but I do. It's my my dark little secret. <clears throat> I, I played Mafia Wars for probably about oh. six or seven months, and then it was just like, you know, I'm I'm tired of this, and I just I haven't gone back. Yeah. The yeah. problem is you play these games and you start playing them. It's like, oh, this is pretty fun. Next thing you know that you have to buy something to make it further. It's like, no. It's there okay. you go. Mm-hmm. Or you yeah. have to wait forever. Yeah. No. When it gets yeah, to that point. Yeah, it's machine, man. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and, and, you know, all the other ones like, you know, Farmville and Cityville and, and you know, Donutville and all, whatever the hell those <laughs> other ones are. I mean, it's they're all the same engine they're all based off of the same template they just have different interactions in order to make the same effects i mean it's it's just rehashes of the same game yeah yeah but the, the, just, the end effect is you paying them money yeah yeah nothing like 
n- nothing like running through three red lights just to get home to make sure your digital beats don't spoil, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What it is is that they, they created digital crack is what they did. Digital crack. <laughs> and you got to have your fix. There you go. I wonder how many cops have heard this. Why did you run that red light? Well, I'm, I got five minutes till my carrots spoil. You know, <laughs> I've got to go home and harvest. Yeah. Oh. One of my teammates is in a war, and he's like five men down. I need what? <laughs> well, folks, that about does it all for uh, the Modern Inc. Podcast number twenty-four for October twenty eleven. Uh, thanks you. Thanks you. Thanks you. Yes. Thanks you very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking like Vic. <laughs> no, you can't speak like me. <laughs> Questions or comments, please head over to the site and post them in the podcast section of the forums. And if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, which, come on, folks, you know, we're paying big money for this Google Voice account. Um, you can uh, leave us uh, a Google Voicemail at 623-252-0156. At 623-252-0156. And we will do our very best to put your question on the air. You can look us up on Twitter, on Facebook, YouTube, all by searching Modders Inc. That's all one word, M-O-D-D-E-R-S-I-N-C. You can check out Modders-Inc, Modders-Inc.com for the latest on case modding, hardware, and more. And also, please don't forget that we are a member of the Tech Podcast Network. You can also find us on techpodcasts.com, Roku, Boxy, iTunes, or straight off the Modders, Inc. website. And so with that, folks, I think I'll just let Vic take us out. Modding, ain't it cool? Power off.